welcome to the Fearless Purpose Podcast. I am your host, Brian Cox, and I am excited for this very special episode. This is the first episode of 2020. So if you're listening to this whenever the podcast drops, Happy New Year. Great to have you as a part of our group and a part of the movement that we have here at Fearless Purpose in this new year. With that, just a couple of things. Number one, if you haven't done so already, go to Facebook, type in Fearless Purpose with Brian Cox. There you're going to find a free private Facebook group. I go in there daily to do uh, personal development. I do training, deliver a lot of content there. I think you'll get a lot out of it. We have a very active group, and it is just great to have people join that group. Along with that, a lot of big things are coming out in 2020. You're going to be hearing a lot about them in the upcoming podcast. One of the things that I want to let you guys know, we are changing in 2020 the drop schedule for our podcast. So the podcast will now come out on Tuesdays and Thursdays, twice a week, delivering content as much as we can. And we are excited to be able to deliver a ton of great content this year. We have a lot of it planned out, and we are excited to have you to be a part of it. With that, let me introduce today's episode. So today we have with us a very special guest. Her name is Melissa Mulder, someone who I've gotten the opportunity to work with quite a bit over the last few months, and she is a holistic wellness practitioner. And she and I have a long podcast today, I tell you, but there is a ton of content, and I'm just going to prep you for this. When listening to this podcast, you're probably going to want to have a pen and piece of paper. If you're driving, don't do it. If you're driving, maybe just be prepared to listen to it again in the future when you can write down some thoughts. But I tell you, there's just so much great content that comes out of this podcast. It's just amazing. So many principled life lessons that I know someone out there needs to hear. And these things can change people's lives. So I'm excited about this. And without any further ado, here is my interview with Melissa Mulder. Melissa, welcome to the Fearless Purpose Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited. Well, it is definitely my pleasure. I know that you know over the last few months, we've gotten to know each other quite well, and we're going to be doing a lot more together, and that's really exciting for me. And as I mentioned in the intro, you are a holistic wellness practitioner. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you mean by you know holistic in this sense. Well, Brian, holistic means the big picture, everything, the physical, the mental, and the the spiritual or emotional. So I want to work on your whole body, not just your physical body or your mental. It's, it's everything all together. Excellent. So tell us some of the ways that you practice in this field. I'd love to hear about some of the things that you do and that you work on currently. Well, Brian, I am a clinical hypnotherapist and a life coach. I focus a lot on the mind because the mind is a wonderful, horrible thing. <laughs> you know, we have 60 to 80,000 thoughts per day, and as many as 98% of them are the same exact ones that you had yesterday, and 80% of them are negative. I mean, that sucks <laughs> when you are going through that cycle. And so what you have to do is you have to tap into all the positive ones to override some of those negative ones. And so by doing that, how you can do that is you – have to be very mindful of your brain and what, what you're thinking and what you're doing. Um, you have to exercise. I know it sounds weird, exercise for your brain, but you do. You have to exercise because it gets different endorphins going and helps you relax and release some of that negative thinking and tension that you have. Uh, you have to be intentional. Uh, another thing that might seem weird is you have to smile. You literally have to smile. Even when you don't feel like it, you smile and I promise you, you'll feel better. You have to laugh. You have to laugh every day because that also will help you get rid of some of those negative uh, of thoughts that you have. You've got to watch your perspective, whether you have a negative perspective or positive perspective. You have to take your blinders off. I could go on and on and on and on. <laughs> I have so many tools and tricks that, uh, yeah, I could, I could speak to you for days on all this kind of fun stuff. A, a lot of people don't necessarily know that gratitude and anxiety they can't live in the same space. So if you are thinking the things that you're grateful for, you cannot have anxiety. So that's one of the tips and tricks that I have uh, for anxiety is you just start thinking about the things that you're grateful for. 
All right. So everybody listening to the podcast, we are, we are starting quick and hard, giving big tips, a couple of big things that just got brought out there that I love and that, you know, things I definitely practice and I practiced even before I knew them were things like taking the time to, you know, be happy, smile. Some people tell me, but I'm just so sad. I can't. Well, these things are, are very cyclical, right? I, I had a boss, I'll never forget, a great guy that I used to work for. And I was in this position and it was one of those things that I was promoted because I was good at something, but I got promoted to take over a very big problem. And it was like, man, it was a struggle. Uh, and I remember I was kind of down and he came to me one day and he said, Hey Brian, do you want to be happier at work? And I said, yeah, I would love that. You know, expecting some really good thing. He's like, well, then start smiling more. Because like, if you start smiling more, I think you're going to see that things can change around you. And whenever he said it, I was like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But I trusted him and I, I loved him. He was a great guy. And so I started doing it and it totally revolutionized my interactions with those around me. It changed the way that I felt whenever I came to work. It changed the way I did my work. It literally changed everything about the whole situation just by me taking the initiative to start the happiness cycle. It had to begin somewhere and I started it. Uh, and, and, and that was the powerful, you know, kind of fulcrum in, in that whole exchange for that position. It was, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I love that. Yeah, that's why I, I absolutely love what I do because, Brian, it only takes one thing to change someone's life. You could implement one thing and it could change your life. And that's why I have all these, uh, these nuggets and these life-changing golden nuggets and uh, tips and tricks and tools. I love all those things because I could tell you, uh, I could tell a person 10 and only one resonates with them. and it could change their life. One tip can change your life. And that's what, what I strive to do is just uh, be able to give people a whole bunch of things and let them pick and choose what resonates with them and what works for them. And then with all the other ones that I give them, my hope is that they will share them with other people. So then we get into what another thing that I love is the ripple effect because it may not be good for you, but it may be good for someone else. But yet I've told you about it and you can uh, tell that to someone else and someone else can tell someone else. And before you know it, you know, the whole world, we're just one happy world. <laughs> My goal, right? Everybody's goal. You just want everybody to be happy and live their best life. Yeah, man, it's so true. And here's the thing. I know you have a great story about this too. So I'm going to make you tell the starfish story in a minute because I love that. But one other thing that you said that I think is extremely powerful I'd love to just dive in just a little bit more that gratitude and anxiety cannot live in the same space. And I think that this is a, a powerful thing, something that many people struggle with. Um, but, but kind of say that again and tell us a little bit more about that, that gratitude and anxiety can't live in the same place. They, they can't. When you have gratitude for something, I promise you, if you try this trick, if you, if you, um, before you go to bed at night, you say the three things that you're grateful for and you wake up in the morning um, and you say the three things that you're grateful for. And it doesn't have to be different. You can, you, if you really want to just say the same things over and over again, it's okay. In the morning when we wake up, now if you remember, I told you I was a clinical hypnotherapist. So when, in the morning when you wake up, you're kind of in a hypnotic state. And that's why when you wake up in the morning and you've had a dream, you can remember it, but then all of a sudden you're like, I don't even remember what my dream was. Like I remembered it a second ago uh, and then I don't remember it. So it's really important that if you want to remember your dreams, you've got to put a pad and paper beside your bed and then you can write it. If you write it as soon as you get up in the morning, then it'll help you remember. But when you're in that state, that hypnotic state that goes to your subconscious mind and those three, the things that you are uh, saying that you're grateful for, the gratitude, that will be what's stuck in your brain for to start the day because how you start the day is the most important thing and how you end the day is also the most important thing because at night when you do your three that you're grateful for that's what you're going to be thinking about while you're sleeping and so it will help you also give you really good rest with the anxiety you have to get your mind off of whatever you're having anxiety for or with. Um, so if you are, you, you've kind of got to trick your mind because remember you've got uh, a lot of negative thoughts going through your head every day. 
And so what you have to do is you have to trick your mind into not thinking about that anxiety. Uh, one of my favorite things and the easiest thing to do is if you start counting out a sequence, one, three, seven, 25, 42, 33, your brain is like, what the heck are you doing, Melissa? You know how to count. Why are you doing it? And before you know it, guess what? Your brain is not on that anxiety or that negativity. They're just like going, wait a minute, you know how to count? What are you doing? And then you, you, you're, you kind of forgot like that you were having that anxiety because you've moved on to something else. I can't remember the name of it right now, but um, also splashing your face with cool water. It's, it's called some kind of a diver's response. And so you splash as cold a water as you can on your face and it tricks your brain into thinking like you're drowning or something. And then you go away from that anxiety. So I actually put together a list that uh, uh, if you, if at the end, you know, if we, if you email me, then I can uh, give you that list that I put together. I think there's like 50 to 60 things that I have for anxiety for you to try to do that whatever resonates with you, whatever works with you to be able to get rid of that anxiety. And my, another one of my big things is if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So before you get the anxiety, you've got to have something in place that you can do before you have the anxiety. So it would be like, because your brain, remember I told you your brain's a wonderful, horrible thing. Let's say you, uh, you, you've got a new job and you work in a parking garage. So parking garages are notorious for, uh, you know, especially if you get off late and you might be the only person there and, you know, you know, things could happen. People are doing not nice things. So if you have a plan, when you go out and you have to go get your car late at night, if you have a plan, if somebody came up behind you and put their arm around your neck and you have a plan already in place, you know, I'm going to elbow him. I'm going to poke him in the eyes. I'm going to hit him in the throat. You already have that plan for if that happens, then in that moment when that happens, your brain doesn't have to think of that. Your brain will already go to that solution that you already have and you don't even have to think. Whereas if you hadn't already planned that in advance, what you would do if that happened, then they could put you in the car and you're gone. And, you know, and they say when you're, when you're kidnapped, you never want to move from your location. So, but if you already have a plan, then your brain is going to take over for you. And that's one of the wonderful parts of your brain. It'll take over for you if you already have a plan. And so with the anxiety, if you already have a plan, okay, when I get anxious, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have three of, of this list that resonates with me. I'm going to have three of these things that I'm going to have ready. I'm going to have tools in my toolbox all ready for me. Like the, uh, the counting out a sequence, the splashing your face with cool water. Um, unfortunately, can't think of the other ones right now, but I have a, a big list of them that I put together for people. Well, and man, there's a ton That was a little long, long-winded there. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're given so many great things. I mean, this kind of resonates with something that I talk about in corporate uh, you know, leadership a lot is having a plan for whenever you have to actually, whether we want to use bad terms like discipline or something like that, but whenever you have to hold someone accountable, you know, eventually as a leader, you are going to have to hold someone accountable for their actions. It's going to happen. It may not happen early. You may have a great team. You know, hopefully it never happens, but probably at some point you are. And what I tell people is a lot of times those interactions go very, very poorly because leaders just try to shoot from the hip and they're like, oh, well, I'll just handle it. I'll just, I'll figure it out because I'm great. Whenever in reality, what they should do is they should have a plan. I'm going to approach it from this perspective and this is the methodology I'm going to use and here's how I'm going to do it to ensure that that, that conversation turns into a positive and it actually helps build the employee as opposed to breaking down the relationship. Uh, and so it's about thinking very you know, forward about the things that you have to do, whether they be positive, whether they be easy, whether they be hard or negative, because these things will happen. And so having a plan is so important. Um, I love that. And so before we get too far past it, though, I want to make sure that we get to hear the starfish story, because I've heard you say this, and I love it. And I want to make sure that other people hear it, too, because I think this is powerful, especially as it aligns to your mission and how you operate and how I've seen you operate. Right. So the story is about a little boy who was on the beach and the tide went out and there's all this, the beach is full of starfish. 
and the little boy is walking along the beach and he's throwing all the starfish back in so they don't die. And an old man comes up to him and said, son, I don't know what you, why you're doing this. You can't possibly save all these starfish. And a little boy bent over and he picked up a starfish and he threw it into the ocean. And he said, I saved that one. And so my, 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 my big thing is, is that if you just help one person every day, and I, I strive and I, I know that I help one person every day, it doesn't matter how many people you help. You only have to help one per person to make a difference in the world. And so a lot of people um, die with their dreams and their hopes and because they're always afraid, well, I can only help one person. But that's okay because that one person you help, again, goes back to my ripple effect, could be the person who helps thousands of people. And you only helped one per only, I don't mean only, you helped one person and that person may have helped a thousand people. So in turn, you really ha helped a thousand and one people, right? And so I think sometimes people um, think they have to do great big things and they don't. You, you, everyone is important. We are, we are not meant to be alone. We are not meant, we are all born with a purpose and, uh, you know, life, you're, you're, the deck is stacked in your favor, right? Life is happening for you, not to you. So you have to use that when you have that opportunity and that chance. That is, man, there's just so many powerful points in this, Melissa. I'm loving this. If you're listening to this podcast, I hope you have a pen and a piece of paper or listen to it 10 times. But every time you listen to it, I guarantee you're going to get something deeper and better out of this. Because I think that if most of us were to look at our past and look at our life, you know, many of us have had life-changing experiences and they weren't always from, you know, a, a world, you know, wide, you know, known person, right? It, it was someone that just did something, maybe even a, a small random act of kindness. I mean, I look back at my past and one of the, the greatest influences I had and someone who changed my life was, uh, you know, a 10th grade English teacher who, you know, probably didn't get a lot of, you know, thanks necessarily. No one knows who this person is other than, you know, me and the people that, you know, were involved in that school, Right. Um, but one small random act of kindness totally changed my life I, completely. It's who it is. It is one of the primary reasons that I am who I am. And I do what I do today was one, one day, one sentence pretty much that this person told me. And I, I think that there's just so many people out there right now who, ha who, who they have something to say, they could change lives, but they have to open their mouth to do it. They have to take action uh, and, and actually jump out and do it. Right. Right. And actually, you made me think of something. I, I really encourage you that if someone has made a difference in your life, I encourage you to reach out to them. Let them know. Send them a text. Send them an email. Give them a call. Send them a letter. Right. And let them know that they've changed your life. Because just by you doing that might encourage them to keep going on and doing more. Because um, a lot of times you don't know. You, you don't know whose lives you're touched. You may have touched someone's life and you have no idea. But if someone says, hey, man, I want to tell you that one thing you said to me changed my life, then, I mean, who knows what could go from there. But tell people when they, when they change your life. I encourage you to think about that and find one person who's told you something that has made your life better and let them know. And it's funny because that really is the full circle, right? Because at that point, whenever you do that, you're touching one person's life that day for sure. And that person then could be inspired by, you know, what they did for you and go and help, a, you know, thousand other people. And so it's such a cycle. I love it. And, you know, and that's why I'm so diverse in the things that I do with being um, holistic and the whole, whole body. I have so many different um, facets that I, I, I do. And my practice, I've always said that one size doesn't fit all. So people will ask me, well, Melissa, how many times do I have to come see you? Well, um, what does your program look like? Do you have a menu? And I don't because one size does not fit all. Everything I do is dependent on that person who is in front of me and what they need. And I work on, I always say that I am, I'm just a vessel. I'm just a vessel. And I use the word, the term Gus, 
Okay. But I'm, I'm the vessel for God. For me, it's God. And Gus would be God, universe, spirit, whatever you think, whatever you believe in. Right. So for me using the word Gus is a, a generalization for, for whatever you believe. I am just a vessel. I'm an employee of God and he helps me determine what that person needs. A lot of times I don't even know how I know what I know <laughs> or why I'm saying it. And I swear nine out of 10 times, someone will say, uh, Melissa, um, how did you know that I needed to hear that today? And I'm like, I didn't, I'm not going to take the credit for that. I did not know. <laughs> I'm just saying what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> and uh, so that's one of, one of my, I, I guess, one of my superpowers. Well, it's an absolutely wonderful superpower to have. And, you know, I love that you also were so clear and transparent on, you know, when you're working with someone that there isn't a one size fits all. You know, I, I know that I've heard that <laughs> in my past. People are like, well, how long is it going to take to fix me? I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> that really depends on you, right? <laughs> and I think that you're going to have to really take control of that yourself. Um, but it's, it's just, it's great to hear that. I, I love that uh, you're so honest and transparent. It's one of the things that I, you know, was really drawn to having you not only on this podcast, but, you know, in the stuff that, you know, outside of this that we're working on as well. Um, I just, I just really appreciate it. And, and it, it's powerful. And so let me do this. Let me transition to another piece. Melissa, you, you have so many varied skills and you have so much knowledge. How did you get to this point? What started you on your journey to becoming, you know, the powerful, amazing, empowered woman that you are today? Well, you know, another uh, thing that I live by is that there is a positive in every negative. I promise you there's a positive in every negative and you just have to find it. So what got me started on the, the my guess, self-help, the uh, life coaching, that thing, is my mom died. My mom died. How can you possibly get a positive out of your mother dying, right? And that, that would be a lot of people's mindset. Well, if my mom hadn't died, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I wouldn't have helped for the past 10 years. I would not have helped thousands of people if my mom hadn't died. Because when my mom died, I was lost. I, I didn't know. My mom was always ill and uh, she had polio and uh, just health issues. And so it was like I was a mom to my mom. So when my mom died, it was like losing a child and a mom at the same time. And I, I don't, I just went into a depression and uh, one of my friends said, Hey, I'm going this weekend to this self-help, blah, 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 whatever. Why don't you come? And I'm like, no. And she's like, why don't you come? And so I, at the time I was a single mom, I really didn't have the money to go. And I said, okay, uh, God, if you want me to go, you're going to you're going to help me figure out how I can get the money to go. I had a client come in uh, within like that afternoon and she bought a package from me and you're not going to believe this. It was the exact price that I needed to go to this seminar. And I was like, okay, God, I got it. I'm supposed to go this weekend. And I went and that changed my life for life forever. I then went back to college at 40 years old. I went to college and got a degree and uh, 10 years later, here I am. Wow. Hmm. And Absolutely that is, powerful. Uh, you know, that, that, yeah. I mean, how, that, cause a lot of people will think, how can you get a positive Melissa out of your mom dying? And that's exactly how you can. And that's how you can, you can find a positive in every single negative. You just have to look for it. You have to be willing to get your mindset differently instead of thinking on the negative side and, and go towards the positive. So I think that's probably a struggle for uh, many people. I mean, once you start getting into, you know, a negative mindset, being able to, to break that and to move out of it can be very complicated. You know, what are some other potential tools or, or tips you might have for the folks listening for how to, you know, get out of a negative mindset, you know, fast. Well, one of the things is you can't wait, you can't wait, you can't wait for motivation and you have to take action, even if you don't want to. Um, I can't remember. I know you're going to know that the gal who does the five, four, three, two, one, uh, you, 
you literally say five, four, three, two, one, and you get up and you take action, whether you feel like it, you want to, uh, or you don't want to, because um, people wait for motivation, but motivation will not come until you've already stayed, taken the action. So you just have to get, just, you just have to do it. You really just have to do something, talk to someone, you know, research. You, you've got to have, you just have to do it. I, I, um, I'm trying to think of what some other great answers would be. But I actually wrote down, um, Brian, I don't know if I answered that question or not, but you know, I guess you'll let me know. <laughs> uh, I wrote down 30 life-changing golden nuggets. And I was hoping that I could get you to pick a number between one and 30, and I will give you two of those life-changing golden nuggets. And if anyone wants the other 28, then they could email me and I will send them the list of the other golden nuggets that I have. Absolutely. And so I'll pick a number in just a second, guys. Make sure you look in the show notes, the contact information to get this and make sure that you're getting this content. The rest of the content from Melissa will be there. So look in the show notes. And the number I'm going to pick, one of my, uh, one of my favorite numbers is 19. Well, the golden nugget that I have for you on that one is I call the three-minute pity party. And what that is, is that when you are feeling sad or, or something happened and you're not happy, um, and, and it could be as, as extreme as a, a death or you're just grumpy that day, you got up on the wrong side of the bed. Um, the truth of the matter is that when you are told something that has traumatically happened to you, I want you, this is, I guess this is a couple golden nuggets together, but you know, that's okay. When something has happened to you and you've, we've been told like someone had an accident or someone died or something traumatic, I want you to remember that nothing, the pain can never, ever, 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 and I don't use the N word very often, never, ever be as bad as the moment you were told that information. So it can only get better from there. And, you know, in life, we have jobs, we have to function. And so the three minute pity party would be, you set your timer for three minutes, you can feel sorry for yourself, you can cry, you can scream in a pillow, you can do whatever you need to do. But when that timer goes off after three minutes, you're done. Until the next time. And if you're, if you're, uh, have you're super sad or whatever, you can set it for every hour. And every hour you have a three minute pity party. And I promise that when you, you'll start and your timer will get farther apart, two hours, three hours, four hours, because we still have to function during the day for maybe a job or something. But this gives ourselves permission to have that pity party for ourselves or feel sad. And then you have to do the things you have to do the life things. You may have a job and you can't get it off work for, you know, that, and, but you've still got to function at work. And this is a tool to give you functionality to be able to get through. And over time, the pity parties will, because time will heal you and the, the three minutes will get farther and farther apart. And you'll notice all of a sudden they'll just drop off and you will have been passed through that particular situation. That's a so wonderful, there's your number 19, Brian. Well, that's a wonderful golden nugget. And I tell you, one of the reasons why I like that so much is that it gives people the opportunity to actually explore their emotions. Um, so many times I find that whenever someone has something bad happen, and it could be an extreme, you know, death of a loved one to finding out that, you know, there's a sickness, it, it could be anything, right? It, it's hard many times for humans to be able to communicate to each other about it effectively. And so sometimes we go to, um, we go to things that we've might've heard before, or we think might help, but don't really such as, well, you don't have it as bad as this person. And it's like, well, that's not what I need to hear right now. What I need is I need to actually grieve this thing. I need to handle this. I need to internalize it. I need to process. I don't need to just say, Oh, well, it's, it's not really that bad because it's not as bad as someone else. There's always a worse situation. Always. It doesn't negate the grief 
or the emotional pull that a person has in that moment. And they need to be able to take that. And so uh, the reason why I love what you said there is that you're, it gives you the opportunity to process, to experience, to whether it be grieve, be sad, be mad, you know, whatever the, the feeling you're having is, but then do what I love, which is, and you and I have talked about this in the past, but move to action because that is where results come from. If you, if you can just move to action in your life, you know, a little bit of action goes a long way. And so many times people get just, they get stuck and they say, well, I'm just going to sit here in my little pity party instead of three minutes, it's going to be, you know, three weeks. And, you know, as, as, exactly. <laughs> as much as I deal with time and I talk about time with folks and a lot of people have, you know, heard me do, you know, the, if not today, when keynote and things like that, um, we don't have that many days. And so to spend entire days, you know, just in sadness is so wasteful. Oh my goodness gracious. And it becomes something where we just get stuck in that rut of sadness. And, you know, as we talk about cycles of, you know, being happy and if you smile that it, it can generate happiness in your life, even the same thing goes the opposite is if you just want to stay in that negative place, uh, it's going to stay negative. And one other thing I want to, I want to run this by this kind of, a, this is kind of a question. I just want to see what you think of it. I have no psychological basis in this. This is just my opinion, but I, I'm, I'm interested in this a little bit. So one of the things that I see is that, because uh, you mentioned about waiting, waiting for something good to happen, right? Don't wait for it to happen. What I see many times is that people, they get in this down state and then they're waiting for something good to happen. They don't take action because they're waiting for something good to happen. But because they're in such a negative space, good things are happening all the time. But because they're in that negative place, they don't see it. They don't recognize it because you see what you're looking for typically. And if you're looking for negative and you're in that negative space, that's what you're going to be seeing on a constant basis. What do you think about that? I, I agree. And I would say that you have your blinders on and you're only looking straight ahead and you're only kind of looking for the negative. You've got to take your blinders off so you can see all around you and start looking for signs that are telling you that they're negative. And, you know, you can, you can change anything you want to around or think of something or think of it, see a sign and a sign to you might be a different sign to someone else, but you've got to always be looking into and looking for all those positive signs. Oh, I found a penny on the ground. That's a positive sign. Cause there, now I, ha I know that I have angels watching out for me. You know, someone else be like, Oh, that's just a penny. I'm just gonna leave it there. That's worth nothing. Right. And so I have this box where I have been saving all the money that I have found and I have twenties and tens and fives and dollars. And I weighed this thing. I'm going to have to get a new box. My box weighs 10 pounds wow. of found money that I have found on the ground. That's and so awesome. every little bit can add up to a lot just because it's just one penny. That's it great. is, um, yeah. And that is wonderful. I love that. Oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to take, that is something I'm definitely taking and I'm going to be doing without a doubt. I want to have a separate piece and man, that's going to be powerful to look at and to pick up, like just picking that up. You have to feel like empowered. I would imagine. Oh my gosh. I get goosebumps every time I, 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 I pick that. I'm like, I, I can't even believe that this is all found money and that found money is about I've been doing it about seven years, seven years. I've been putting all the money I have found because my husband, he said, you know, honey, you ought to start, to, you, you find money all the time. And I'm like, I know. He's like, you should start saving it. And so now I, I, I save it. So I have money that I have found all, I found money in Costa Rica. I have found money in um, Belize. I have found, I have found money all over the world places that you would not think that I would find money and I find it in the dirt in some of these some of these coins you can tell they've been there for years or that have been run over by cars and they're almost flat but it's it's crazy 
So I'm going to take this and go a really, really off the wall direction, Melissa. So I apologize in advance, but it's just, oh boy, you know, sometimes Should I be scared. No, 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 no. I think this is great. You know, it's, it, it, it's an interesting parallel though, because this is something that I've been doing a lot of introspection on and we did not talk about this in our show prep. This is totally, this is uh, if you want to say the spirit is moving in me right now for this one is that it's amazing how many people uh, they, they, you know, easily misplace or they throw away or they're not thoughtful about little things like money, right? Like pennies, you know, a dollar, things like that. Um, and over the past seven years, you've collected 10 pounds of it, which I think is amazing. I want to correlate that to people. You know, I think that a lot of times uh, people are easy to discard other people in their life and maybe not say, hey, to someone that needed it. Maybe, you know, you, you talk about, you know, the money might be dirty. The money might be, you know, it's been there for a while. I think that there's a lot of skills, talents, promise, amazing things in people. And we don't take the time to look deep enough for it because it's not as important to us in that moment. And, and I say this because I've been so blessed over the past, especially my whole life, obviously, but over the past few years to really be able to interact with an amazing amount of people in varying life situations. And what I find is a lot of times people, especially people that are, you know, might be depressed or sad or they're in a bad situation, you know, they feel discarded and they feel that, you know, no one has taken the time to, you know, clean the penny off, if you will. And, you know, I just want to encourage everyone out there, you know, look around you, you know, obviously look around and try to find money because that's wonderful. But don't forget to look around you at the amazing value that is there in people that you might know or come across or walk past or sit next to, you know, in church or on a bus or, you know, who knows where you might be at a ball game, right? There's an amazing amount of value sitting around us in people. And by taking the time just to look for it, just to be, just to be open to looking for it, I think that you would be amazed at how rich you can make yourself in your, your social environment and the people around you. And that's just something very powerful uh, for me. Uh, and again, it's, 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 a, it's an odd correlation to make, but I think it's important for people to hear, like everyone has value. Everyone has a purpose. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what your past is, you know, and how you're feeling right now, you have value. And as entrepreneurs, I, I love talking about things like this too, because, you know, entrepreneur, the entrepreneurial life can be tough. I mean, suicide rates amongst entrepreneurs are higher than the national average in the U.S. by far, actually. And a lot of it's not even reported um, in that metric. But, you know, make sure that you're doing like Melissa said earlier. If someone's changed your life, they've meant something to you, say it. Tell them. Give them that because you don't know what they're going through in that moment. And maybe you can be a bright, shining moment to them. Uh, I think that's a powerful, powerful thing to do in life. And it can change your relationships. It can change the, the, your community. You can start changing, you know, your, your town that you live in. You could change so many things. And I just want to encourage people, you know, look for found money and look for the value in people while you're at it. It's kind of like living on purpose, mm. right? And in here and in listening to people and not just hearing them because we, we, we hear people, but we're not, are we really listening are you really listening for those golden nuggets? Are you really listening to the knowledge that that person has? So true. Just because they're 10 years younger, just because they're a child, just because, you know, we have all these, uh, maybe if you will, judgments on people. And if you just let go of your judgments, people have said to me many times, gosh, Melissa, you're friends with everybody. It doesn't matter how much money they make. It doesn't matter if they're homeless. It doesn't matter if they're uh, whatever, the president of this or that. You're friends with everyone. And I am because I don't look at people as um, the value of, I look at them as the value of being a human being and that we all have a purpose and we all are equal. And so it doesn't matter to me. I uh, help feed the homeless. And this uh, fella came through the line and I was always handing out the silverware. And this fella said, I always ask them, you know, how, how are you doing? What's your day like? And he said, oh, I'm not doing too good today. My mom died. And I said, Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. 
I said, why don't you get something to eat and I'll come find you later and uh, we'll, we'll chat and I'll see if I can help you through, give you some tools and see if I can help you through this. So we got done feeding everyone. I went looking for him. Uh, I couldn't find him and he's a really tall guy and I'm a really short girl. I found, I finally found him. He was laying on the ground and he had finished eating. He was just laying there and I went over and I found him and I was standing over top of him and I said, Hey, are you, do you want to talk? And he, he started to get teary eyed and I said, Oh, it's okay. Like, if you don't want to talk, I'm, you know, it's okay. He's like, no, no, I do. And I was kind of totally expecting him to stand up and talk to me face to face or, you know, look down on me, I guess, because <laughs> he's so tall and I'm short, but, um, and he just kept laying there. And I was like, Melissa, I, I like, I, I did not want to talk down to him. So I got down on the ground and I just laid down there right beside him and we had a chitty chat. <laughs> and, and so that's just who I am. Like I'll, I'll come to whatever, wherever you need me to be. And, you know, and he clearly needed me to be laying on the ground on the dirt in, in the park with him and having this conversation. And the funny thing is, is, um, I was doing live videos and I had said to him, you know, I was going to do a live video tonight, but it's starting to rain. And he go, he looked at me, he said, um, I think that's an excuse. And I was like, what? I was like, you know what? You're right. That is an excuse. But, um, to my defense, I want, didn't want to take away my time with them to do my video that I needed to do. So I wanted to give my full attention to them, but it was kind of, it, it, struck me and I was like, oh, okay. Yep. You're right. That was an excuse. <laughs> mm. So here he gave me something as I gave him something to help him. And so it doesn't matter who you are or what you do. We're all, we're not meant to be in this life alone. We're meant to be together and to help each other out regardless of circumstance. So true. So before we go forward, we've picked one number already. I picked 19. We had that wonderful golden nugget. We have a second number, I believe, that we're going to pick, right? You ready for the second number? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay, so for Shoot this it at number, me. it's between 1 and 30, correct? Yep. All right, let's go for the number 23. Oh, this is another good one. Hmm. Okay, so what I want you to know is that if, you don't stop yourself from getting angry within three to four minutes. You have a neural cascade that releases in your brain and you are going to be angry for 90 minutes, regardless if you settle why you're angry or, or your argument or whatever you're in, you have no choice. And if you, now that I've told you this, if you think about it, or if you happen to let yourself get angry, um, you'll notice that I'm right because a neural cascade just happens in your brain and uh, you cannot help it. You can't stop it. Even though you've already resolved the issue, you'll still have those feelings of angst because it's a, it's a neural cascade that releases in your body and it's there for 90 minutes. And I want you to also remember this with children because it happens with children too. And children get angry. And of course, you know, when they get older, you can teach them this trick of, of stopping themselves from getting angry. And stopping yourself would be like walking out of the room and saying, okay, let me go breathe for a second. We'll come back and talk about this. But if you notice, and I have tried this with my grandson, uh, when he has gotten mad, I set a timer for nine, I have set a timer for 90 minutes. And I am not kidding you almost 90 minutes to the second there's like a, 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 a switch flips and he is back to normal. So remember that with kids when they get mad and you're trying to get them to do something to give them grace, give them the 90 minutes, because here's the other thing. If you get mad again before that 90 minutes is up, guess what? it starts all over again. So then you've got this vicious cycle. So that Brian is my second golden life-changing nugget. Wow. 
So, so that's a huge one. And I tell you, I did not know this one at, at all. I, I've never researched this at all. This is excellent. Um, and for me, as some of you guys know, I have three kids, three and under. And so, yes, I definitely want to apply it to them, but applying this to myself, oh my goodness, this is huge. Wow. I love right? this tip. This is a great tip. Right? This is excellent. Well, it brings me to something. You said something about kids. So I'm just going to, I'm going to give you a bonus one real quick. Ooh, nice. Kids don't hear the word no. As a matter of fact, most adults don't hear the word no. So when you have a child sitting in a high chair and you say to them, don't throw that cup, what do they do? They throw the cup. That's because all they heard you say is throw that cup. So you have to reword it to be hold on to that cup and it, they will hold on to that cup. So when you tell kids no, that's why kids do the opposite. They can't hear that word no. So you have to reframe what you're going to say to them instead of using the word no. See, this is huge because this whole time I just thought that my children were all spiteful. <laughs> no, nope, like, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> oh, our brains God. have a hard time with negatives. With, believe it or not, our brains have trouble with no, don't, can't, right? And so all we hear is the opposite of that. That's why when you're, uh, this is a whole nother thing. When you're writing affirmations and stuff, you want to uh, do things that, that refrain from using those. Uh, I don't want to be in debt. All your brain hears is I want to be in debt. <laughs> mm -hmm. So those are the like tips and tricks that, that can be life-changing. Absolutely. And that goes in very heavily with, you know, people who are practicing things like law of attraction. Uh, that's a huge piece as far as the language that we use. Uh, it also even goes into physical activities. So I remember, you know, whenever I was um, a teenager playing golf, uh, one of my uh, golf teachers at school, he, um, that's what he always said. He said, if you're standing, you know, over a, a shot over a lake or something like that, and you start thinking, don't hit it in the water, all your body, you know, hears from your brain basically is water, hit it in the water, hit it in the water. It doesn't recognize the no part. Yep, exactly. And so you can, you can actually, it's like, the term doesn't apply necessarily, but it's like biohacking. It's like, you know, mental hacking or psychohacking, I suppose, something like that, where that we can, if we take the time to be very thoughtful and purposeful and intentional in our thoughts, we can, we can hack the results. We can get better results just by reframing the way that we think, by reframing the way that the words that we say, there is a power in thought. There is a power in words. And it's amazing as you start hearing, you know, different ways that people use this, how amazingly beneficial it can be for you in your life. I love that. Yeah, I'm telling you, I could be on here for days with you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and, with as many things as, as I... <laughs> I would love that, by the way. I have a feeling we're probably gonna have to do another podcast here in the, in the near future as well, because um, I think we're just about up on our time here. But I wanted to mention a few things before we end. First of all, Melissa, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's always a, always a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, and, and all the different things that you're doing, you have your hands in a lot of different buckets right now. And it's amazing what you're doing because you do it all so well. Um, and really, it's an honor to have you here. And I just wanted to encourage everyone that's listening, uh, be on the lookout in 2020. So Melissa does several different programs uh, that she offers throughout the year. Uh, she has some that she's offered in the past, and I think she's probably working on some new ones as well. Uh, and I want you to check out her, her, her profile, her social media, get in contact with her. I'm going to put all of it in the show notes as to how you can connect with Melissa. Uh, but I encourage you highly to do so. She is a wealth of information. If you can't tell from this podcast, uh, well, then you need to listen to it again because she has dropped some amazing, amazing knowledge nuggets on us today. And it's just been absolutely amazing. And so, uh, Melissa, before we go into what I call my lightning rounds, anything you'd like to add that we might have missed or that you'd like to highlight for the listeners today? Oh my gosh, I have so many. Um, my big things are... Life is about choices. We all have a choice. And I want you to think about the, the choices that you're making. So choose wisely and choose consciously about what you're, what you're choosing to do because we all have a choice. That's excellent. So true. So true. I love it. All right, Melissa, are you ready for the lightning question rounds? No. <laughs> well, you're going to have to be anyway because we're doing it. So the questions are going to come fast and furiously. So, okay. We'll start off simple. Oh, okay. Question number one. 
what is the last book that you read? The Magic by Rhonda um, something. The Magic. It's from The Secret. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I do know that. That's wonderful. So uh, I'm, and in lightning rounds, it, it never goes that fast because I always wind up getting on tangents. So uh, The Secret was great. I haven't read The Magic, but there is another book called The Answer, by the way, from one of the guys that was in, in The Secret in the, in the, um, in the, the, the video, the movie. Uh, I recommend that book a lot too. The Answer was really good. Um, and a lot of stuff comes out of that. That's excellent. Okay, perfect. Sorry. So next question. Okay. So... <clears throat> I know that now you currently live in Arizona, correct? Yes. Okay. What is your favorite Southwestern comfort food? Probably a quesadilla. <laughs> Always but I love all. Choice. Always a solid choice. I like that one. Very, very, very good. Any certain type? You, you like what? You like plain cheese? You like stuff in it? What are you, what are you going on your quesadillas? Uh, it just depends, but... I kind of like a lot of stuff in there. Some jalapenos, some chicken, um, something you probably did. I helped open a Mexican restaurant a few, well, a few years, like 25 years ago. So uh, I recreated this awesome uh, quesadilla that had chicken and uh, green sauce and, oh my gosh, cheese, different Every types. Every time it's I just, talk to you, just... I find out something new about you. I didn't know you also opened a <laughs> restaurant at some point. You're like, you have done everything. Man, you are a... You are a... Uh, I always say I'm a jack of all trades and a master at most. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, lightning round question number three. Question number three is going to be, who is your favorite person to hear speak? Well, I love hearing you speak, so I'll put that first. Oh, uh, thank you. Oprah would have to be my, yeah, Oprah would have to be my number one gal. Well, she is great. So I was actually one of the facilitators presenters at the ATD conference, which is the Association of Training and Development at their uh, worldwide meeting in Washington, D.C. this year. Um, and I came on like a little bit at not right after Oprah. It's not like she opened for me or anything. Uh, but we, we, I was speaking after her on the same day and I got to hear uh, her speech. It was, it was absolutely amazing. Like she, is, she is so powerful and so great at what she does and has such a wonderful message. Um, but I like to tell people that basically Oprah opened for me. So anyway, but that did not happen that way. So, uh, <laughs> but thank you for that. Um, let's see here. Um, the final, the fourth question, the final question of the day is going to be this one. What is the most important life lesson that 2019 taught you? I think it would have to be that life is short and you need to spend money on memories because you can always replace money but you cannot replace time you know this is something that i talk to a lot of people about because we, we just find it interesting to discuss <laughs> I, I always tell people i am either the best or the worst dinner party guest i'm not sure which it is because things like this typically come, typically come up <laughs> little get togethers and things like that um but that is something that 2019 was big with me on as well is the experiences and you know the memories that i make with people are way more important than the things in in our lives um, while I love nice things, and I always will, love having a nice house, love having nice cars, love all that, love all that stuff, right? Um, but at the end of the day, when I lay my pillow, my head on my pillow, you know, I think about what was something funny that my, you know, one of my daughters said, or what was something that we did, and you know, how much did they laugh, and and the memories that they had that had with me, and, and those things just mean so much more to me now. And the older that I get, the more it really resonates that, you know, I wish that in my twenties I would have. I would have taken more time to build more memories with people instead of being so laser focused on my work and on building a career. Um, it's something I think, you know, powerfully about, but not so much out of regret, but more so out of propelling myself forward over the next decade of my life. Uh, and really, you know, looking at how am I going to use that information to impact positively the future for me, my friends, my family, and the people that I love most. So I completely agree with that. That's so powerful and so wonderful. And so 
Melissa, thank you so much for participating in the lightning round and thank you for being a part of the podcast. And I just want to tell everyone one more time, make sure that you check in the show notes. I want you to connect with Melissa. She's doing some amazing things. She is a powerhouse, someone who I truly, truly respect and someone who I value their opinion. If I have something that I'm going to be working on, uh, she's one of the people that I run stuff by. And, and, you know, in my world, that means a lot because I don't, I don't just let anyone know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then, you know, some of you might know that. And I know, Melissa, I know you know that. Um, but I just want to thank you for everything you're doing, not just for, you know, us here at Fearless Purpose and for me, uh, but the great stuff that you're doing for the world because you actually are an amazing light that shines. And it's just amazing to be a part of that. So thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. It was awesome. I love spreading uh, good stuff to the world. And that's my goal in life. Well, you are absolutely great at it. So thank you again. So everyone, thank you so much for being a part of the Fearless Podcast, Fearless Purpose Podcast today. Uh, I am, of course, the host, Brian Cox, and I will see you guys on the next episode.